This is a Media Lab podcast. Welcome to Kyle Dave versus the Machine. My name is Kyle. And I'm sitting in front of you for the first time it's very in a long weird. time. It's weird. And I'm the Machine. This is a podcast where a sentient machine is forcing us each season to watch movies from a specific year, the year being 1982 this season, in order to prevent it from starting the apocalypse. The Machine still threatens our lives if we don't review the films it asks us to, although we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself. And today, we're going to be watching the movie... First Blood. Sweet. John Rambo, a drifter, just passing through their town. Morning. Headed north or south? North. Now jump in. I'll make sure you're heading the right direction. Huh? You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about 30 miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. I want you to book this gentleman for vagrancy, resisting arrest, carrying a concealed weapon. They knew he was innocent. Starting to dislike you. Lot. And they didn't give a damn. Of course, a big thank you to our patrons over on Patreon. Their contributions help us continue this show since, you know, the machine doesn't help us pay for these movies. Plus, each month we do a bonus episode over there, which is the big boss, I believe, this month. We're talking about Bruce Lee. Yeah. However, this week we are talking about Stallone. We're talking about First Blood. We're talking about Rambo. So we thought, why not have the machine through space and time give to us Rambo expert, Rambo enthusiast, (laughs) Alice Lamb. Thank you for joining us, Alice. I am so excited to be here. (laughs) Thank you for coming just through a random, like, interdimensional door. That is always the great thing about our guests, that they just don't ask questions. Never done it before. It feels, feels right. <laughs> it feels good and it feels right. There's a lot of things to, to jump into here before we talk about the movie. I want to start with Stallone, Mr. Sylvester Stallone. What's your history with this gentleman? Well, I grew up in a family that idolized action films. So okay. Stallone's been a family member for many years. <laughs> um, it's something that my parents and I bonded over. And I really didn't know about his anything pre-90s, to be honest, until this year. So I am a recent Rambo discoverer and am now obsessed. So then what movies are we talking about? Like Tango and Cash? Oh my gosh, Expendables, like really new, you know, kind of like the newer stuff. Uh, Escape Plan. Escape Plan. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Tango Cash too early? I guess that's I 80s. think too oh, early. early. Yeah. What There's about? one where he's like frozen and he's a police officer. Demolition like a, Man. Yeah. Demolition, Demolition Man. Man. Wesley Snipes. That does yeah. not yeah. hold up. <laughs> it does so not. Fun. You can't. So yeah. fun. <laughs> what do you yeah, do with the we shells were, though? That's the, that's the mm. real question. Uh, so what, what, what is it about him though? What is so captivating? He's hilarious. His facial expressions are really funny. His, the, you know, all his movies packed a, pack a huge punch when it comes to mm. action. And it's very much like, I love the teamwork aspect of it. After I watched Rambo, it was like completely random. I didn't even want to watch it. But after that, I became obsessed with him because I was just like, this movie was actually super interesting and very mm-hmm. smart and, you know, an interesting narrative on the time. And the more I read about him, the more I was just like, he had such an interesting life, you know? Yeah. It yeah. wasn't a straightforward, you know, 
well, spoiled he's also, brat Hollywood story. Yeah, like, he <laughs> yeah. really did come in. He like, ground, yeah. made his way. Up. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, and like, if I, if I remember correctly, I think he went to school, like went to university to get like a writing degree or an English yeah. degree of some kind, if I remember. So I too can become an action star perhaps one day. We, we shall no. see. <laughs> no, yeah, no. <laughs> it is past. Dave, what's your history with Stallone? Similar, but I'm older. So I grew up on Stallone through his Hades in the... So when I was a kid, it's the late 80s, early 90s. Although I'm not allowed to watch things like Cobra, but hmm. uh, movie theaters, probably Demolition Man, Tango and Cash I knew about. How I watched that, I don't know, because that was a rated R film and I was probably 13 <laughs> when it came out. We found ways as kids yeah. in the 90s. <laughs> him, and, him and a young Kurt Russell. I mean, that's, oh, yeah. that's automatic. That's a good one. You should find that one. I don't know if it's streaming. It's called Tango and Cash. Yeah, it's definitely not movie. homoerotic for the entire <laughs> runtime. I forgot one really important movie that I watched with my dad before all the kind of modern ones was the Fist of Fury. No, not Fist of Fury. It was one where he's like arm wrestling. He's oh, like a uh, professional. Over the top. Over the top. Where the, the two fingers yeah. go over for the extra power. I remember watching oh, that and man. just being like, God, he's just a hardworking father. <laughs> and he's trying to make it work. I just so love the idea that someone came to Hollywood with script in hand. It's like arm wrestling. That's what we're going to base our movie on. But, There's okay, a lot of dumber movies Arm wrestle there. culture is huge it's in North America. Yes. Like yeah. I had no idea, but yeah. I met some people who were like professional oh arm gosh. wrestlers and yeah. it's like a whole subculture that is also super cool. Do they just juice the one arm? Like are they just like If they're dominant, heavy? that arm is fundamentally larger than the okay, other. Okay. Yeah. And those guys are crazy looking. <laughs> yeah. Very, very big. Just what the audience wants. A deep discussion on arm wrestling. Did you keep up with him through Expendables and stuff yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah, So I I think I got upset at him when he remade... Now, Copland was pretty bad. And then he tried to make the Michael Caine movie. Uh, Get Carter, yeah. Get Carter. Get Carter and, is a bad movie. And I was like, <laughs> I think I'm done with Stallone. And then he had a rough 10 years till Expendables came out. When Expendables came out, it was so exciting because Jet Li was still relevant. Yeah. We talked about martial arts and, and was like whole- UFC was big. So Randy Couture is like exciting and... And the movie was pretty good. And I love mm. Dolph. Bring Dolph. bring Drago back. It's fun. Have you not seen any of the Rocky movies? Do you know I've, Drago? I know the pop culture references, okay. but okay. I never, yeah, I never got around to watching it. I think I was also growing up in like Rocky 3, 4, where basically played every month on TV. So I've, I've oh, memorized true. all <laughs> of so them. True. Yeah, I used to know Rocky 4 verbatim. My brother and I had that on a VHS recording from TV, no. like Rip. Just on repeat. Just running up the hill with a log on your yeah. back. and When he gets into Siberia, that's a good training sequence. He has some great training sequences. Um, that's I think that's what his movies are great. Like the montage. The montage. Yeah. It's like iconic. Yeah. And then I went back and watched uh, the original Rocky is in my, it's got to be in the top. That's one of the greatest movies I've seen. You need to see it. So good. And then First Blood I watched after because Weird Al parodied uh, Rambo 3. I think. In UHF. UHF is an amazing movie. Have you seen UHF? No. Oh, you got to watch UHF. Weird Al made a parody yeah. movie. Well, funny enough, what? nobody watched that movie either when it came out. It's so. like the best movie ever. <laughs> know, Conan the Librarian, Gandhi 2, where he's got a machine gun. Oh the my jokes goodness. are fucking amazing. Okay. Yeah. I love Weird Al. Yeah, if you he's like Weird just Al, UHF town. is yeah. his crowning well. jewel. Okay. I don't know where you can find it. Um, you can find it. Yeah. Weird Al was literally here last week. He was. Oh, in Calgary? He was, yeah. yeah. With his accordion? Mm-hmm. Performing? Mm-hmm. Oh. No, just walking the streets. Just what are you talking <laughs> about? Some people do. Was Andrew Garfield just walking around the street? Yeah, he's also filming yeah. something yeah. there. Yeah, but 
Do we oh. care? You do. <laughs> I do. I would recommend <laughs> attending a Weird Al concert if you ever get the chance, because mm. it's just amazing. Uh, like you went? I went. Oh. Yeah. We drove to Edmonton a few years ago to go see it. And he does this. I won't spoil it, but he has a lot of nice audience surprises. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Mm. Mm-hmm. Tell that to people he's terrorized in Albuquerque. Just because he was brought up, though, like, do you have any relationship with Arnold Schwarzenegger at all? Like, is he also up there? Or no? Yeah. Arnold is definitely another member of the family because we mm-hmm. grew up like when we were kids. We watched Kindergarten Cop probably okay. like yeah, a yeah. thousand times. That's like <laughs> a movie that a we yeah. could memorize, you know, and my parents who were immigrants were just like mm-hmm. kindergarten okay this seems like a educational right, right. yeah <laughs> this is gonna be fine and that's then it's like sweet, a full yeah, action good. movie right same thing with sister act they're like nuns mm. on the cover yeah. this is safe and yeah. then it's like yeah, Ooh, it's yeah. nothing scary to do with mop <laughs> kind of thing witness protection so yeah mm-hmm. love arnold schwarzenegger mm-hmm. i love their little like relationship Beef. too i wish i grew up around that time when mm-hmm. you know oh, they big. were yeah on enemy not enemies but rivals yeah. yeah, like that's always kind of the almost missed opportunity, so to speak, which is there There was actually attempts back in the 80s to Crossover. have a movie that featured Stallone and Schwarzenegger in like their primes. Mm-hmm. And it just always fell through and never happened. So it had to wait till The Expendables, I think, is the yeah. first time yeah. it actually happened. Two, I think. Yeah. And then is it Escape Plan, Escape Room? Escape Plan. Oh, yeah. And when they're in there. It's actually you, a pretty have good you movie. seen Escape Plan? Yeah, it's it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, Just, I'll put it on my list. Have you not seen it? I have not actually. Oh, oh. you're going to love it. Oh, it's good. 50 nice. cents in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're selling me here. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Curtis, Curtis Jackson. Curtis. Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. He's, is he still fitty? I don't know. I, I don't think know. he still goes. His Instagram handle is 50 cents. <laughs> oh, it's, just yeah. like, it's like The Rock for that longest time. It's like, I'm Dwayne Johnson. I'm like, no, yeah. you're not. Yeah. You're The Rock. <laughs> you're The Rock. That's true. I'm trying to think. Like, honestly, I think the first movie of Stallone's that I watched was Judge Dredd of nice. all, of all mm. movies. I think that's actually the first movie. It's okay. Saw. The remix is actually pretty good. It's really undervalued. Yeah, just so it's basically like the raid, except with with well, Judge Dredd. Like, because he hosted Saturday Night Live this one time, and what I think is a really, really funny appearance. And I was a big Saturday Night Live fan growing yeah. up, so I think that's what like my first like in the nineties. Yeah, it would have been definitely. Oh, no, the 90s. I didn't see that. I've never seen that, but mm-hmm. sounds amazing. It's honestly the the sketch I always remember is him. It's Norm Macdonald, I believe, who's in, been in this car crash, and he's literally Sylvester Stallone coming up to him, being like, "I'm so sorry, what happened?" And it's just him like bagging on all of his bad movies. It's like <laughs> I can't believe Sylvester Stallone, the star of Enter Bad right, Movie, here is helping something. me. Yeah. That's a very oh, normal. I'm sure you can thing. find it on YouTube, right. uh, and it doesn't hold up. I'm gonna guess, but anyways, that's why the first movie I saw. It took me a while actually to see the Rocky and Rambo films, mm. but definitely I saw them into the late '90s. But I have a very vivid memory of the first time I saw any of the Rambo films, and uh, so when the fourth one came out, uh, that's the when he's old Rambo. Yeah, but there's yeah. two when he's old that, that <laughs> yeah. come out. I didn't see the last one. The titles was... of the film. It's insane yeah, it to is me. It's insane when you look at the naming conventions. Do you know the naming of, of all of them? Uh, no. First Blood. First Blood. Rambo. Something. Rambo. No, it's First Blood 2 colon Rambo. Oh, that's yeah. what the second one is called. Okay. Then just Rambo 3. Yeah. Then Rambo. Rambo, yeah. And then, and then what, I, I didn't the watch the last one. What is it called? Rambo Endgame? Rambo 5. <laughs> yeah, Rambo 5. But it's kind of like how Fast and the Furious is numbered yeah, all weird. Like, it none of this irritates me. Mm-hmm. Well, they got, you know, after Fast 5. We're going to talk about, Fast and Furious comes out a lot, I but uh, they should have stopped it at 5. <laughs> it's a cultural touchstone now. It's, it really is. We want to do, yeah. Fast 9 was terrible. I love it. I can't believe they actually went to space. But they did, and it was glorious. So the, 
when that fourth one came out, whatever that was, 2006, six, seven, Nine, eight, eight, eight so somewhere in that time frame, at least here in Canada. After Rocky Balboa. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I guess it would have been. Yeah, yeah. Here in Canada, one of the conglomerate places you can go and see movies is Cineplex. And they held this special thing where you could watch all four of them back to back what? to back to back. It's like oh a six hour sitting. Oh, it's longer than that, I think, because they do breaks in between the movies. Yeah. So I spent an entire day. Of course you did. Watching all four Rambo films back to back. And that to was back. the first time you watched First Blood. Yes. In a oh theater. In a theater. Goodness. Oh, you asshole. That what sounds an amazing. Experience. I did not have anything to eat that day. It was just me, popcorn, and soda. And she it was started like, hallucinating. I felt awful. Because <laughs> we didn't get out of there. I remember it started like later into the afternoon. So it was like midnight we were getting out from the final film. But what a weird trajectory because the Rambo series starts fairly grounded and realistic yeah, yeah. quote unquote realistic goes off the rails by two and three he's blowing up airplanes with an arrow yeah and then the fourth one kind of tries to rein it in but it's so gruesome and so bloody it's so gory. It's like, i could not believe that this is where this series go there's no set tone that happens between no. yeah any of the films so i have a very fond memory of watching those first four rambo films for the very have first you seen time. five i'm not oh. i'm actually, I, I was actually here's the thing I was, on, I was on my way to a theater once to go and watch it. And then I just, I'm like, I wonder what the reviews are. I'm like, oh, this is getting like one really bad this reviews. This is classic Stallone though. Yeah. He always like rate, rates terribly on all the websites, but then commercial success. Mm -hmm. How do you like the fifth one? How do you like the last one? Love it. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> It's it's definitely like I'm starting to worry about Alice's bloodlust. She's like, I love that. It's so gory. I, love, She's holding a knife I do right now, love like vigilante justice. Like this is why I could never be a judge or like a lawyer. You know, like you look I like just, Dirty Harry then probably. Oh, would I? Have yeah. You not watch Dirty Harry. Mm -mm. Mm. That's Clint Eastwood basically enacting justice. The thing is perfect. Wants, okay, yeah. I gotta write that down. Mm -hmm. It's a little sick though. Yeah. I, we split on that we one. We did. Yeah. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just. You know, he's a lot older. He's mm -hmm. retired. He lives in New Mexico. And <laughs> Why not? there's it's very <laughs> gruesome in that it's not as gory as the other ones. But the the theme of the movie, it has like sex trafficking. Oh, wow. Young kid. Like, he it's just, just really it. like wow. you don't feel good after watching the movie. You're just <laughs> like, 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 a shower yeah, awesome. like, exactly. Like, and there's like, dr like forced drug use on oh like God. young girls. Like, oh, it's boy. not it's very graphic. And you just feel really bad for him. So you, like he's never found a it. family. <laughs> <laughs> How can you be so sweet and love a movie that makes you feel dirty? Sometimes that's, sometimes that's the thing, though. Some people are like, they love metal music and they're, they're the sweetest, nicest people in the world. But they just thrash out. So mm. like, I think it's just like, I, I think the one thing that all the Rambo movies have is that they're talking about a particular kind of like world issue mm. right at the time. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cross-border sex trafficking is like a huge issue. And then like the PTSD. For yeah, Nam exactly. And, yeah, the Contra crisis. They're in, is that I think too? they're in the Middle East in one of Rambo yeah, three. Yeah, they are in Cambodia, yeah. I think, in the yeah, fourth exactly. one. Yeah, exactly. Cambodia mistaken. for the fourth one. Is that and there's the, the fourth one? No, it's uh, he's going up against the rebels who are trying oh, to overtake. The, yeah, and there's Anderson? like evangelists that like are, yeah. he's like, oh, don't go over there. And they're like, try me. <laughs> oh, that, those are the ones that yeah. he needs to save? Yeah. A bunch of innocent Christians? That's... You know, if you're gonna pull Rambo out of retirement, yeah. <laughs> but he, as he gets older, and as you watch her movies, he's not as like involved. He does a lot of smart attacks, and so, you know, mm -hmm. he's like hiding in a tree with a giant machine gun and just like doing 
sniper well, style. I love the idea of hiding in a tree. <laughs> I do want to get to that nest. because yeah. it, it is actually very intentional in First Blood mm. that he actually does not ever kill That's anyone. That's right. Oh. Oh. Which was not in the original story. Yeah, this is this is a Stallone rewrite. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll get to that. But in the in the, you do think of kills that happen in First Blood for sure. But he never intentionally goes and like stabs nope. or shoots or kills anyone. Right. He, he names uh, them. Whereas like yeah, in all the sequels, it's like gun like blah, yeah. blah, 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 like he's just mowing yeah. people down. So you yeah. got to give the people what they want. How would you, Dave? What's your history with like just the Rambo franchise? Oh, yeah. Well, I think we talked about it. Yeah, I, I grew up with Angry Rambo. And then when I watched uh, PTSD Rambo, I thought, oh, this is actually based on a good movie. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch any of the new ones because of the bad reviews. And I also feel like like I loved Rocky Balboa. So seeing him in a dramatic role, because I always thought he was underrated as an actor. But mm-hmm. I started thinking, can this man who is in Rambo in Rocky Balboa come back and kill people in Cambodia? And I was like, I don't want to know. Yeah, so I didn't watch it. So I haven't seen the new ones at all. You're like, uh, that's best left into my imagination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ramble for me stops at three. Uh, that makes you weak, but okay, sure. <laughs> that, that's, that's great. Well, I'm excited. I know we've all now seen First Blood at least once in our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, lives. Once in our lives. Lives uh, is okay, yeah. Sure. But what, let's like do this. English. Dave, you and I, let's go off to this other room. We'll do uh, some some ad reads. Um, Alice, the uh, machine has actually left you some uh, quality snacks here from mm-hmm. 1982. Oh. So you can take your pick of whatever uh, snack you Can you describe some of the snacks on the table There's, from 1982? Uh, Tim Tams. Mm, and, yeah, um, the classic candy Tim uh, yeah, Tams. Just, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and Werther's Originals. Those are your two <laughs> options from 1982. Probably like a pack of coke, kids pack of cocaine, I think by 1982. Correct. Yeah. That's correct. Great. So let's do that. Let's go thank some sponsors. When we come back, we'll be talking a little bit more about First Blood. How big is your knife, Dave? Wow. Does size matter? I. It's... It's okay. I mean, if you're going to camp average. out of Hope BC, then I hope yeah. you are, are coming prepared. Yeah, I, I would describe it as a- average. How, how, how big is your knife? Well, I don't believe in violence, Dave. I am oh. a, uh, I, for instance, would listen to the law and just leave and not eat my, my meal as I come into a small town. All we wanted was a sandwich. Not that we've watched the movie yet. No, but. but the fucking cops, man. Defund the police. <laughs> a cab. Well. Dave, we'll get into all that conversation here in just a moment, I'm sure. But we should let you know that Kyle and Dave versus the Machine is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. The Alberta Podcast Network promotes and supports Alberta-made podcasts and connects their audiences with Alberta-based businesses and organizations. Have you been having any power outages recently, Dave? Uh, you bet I have. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, we did go out yesterday. That's wait, why I asked. what did it? Where? Who? Yes, mine. Yes. Yes. And- I lost power yesterday. I'm just asking if you did or not. No, I didn't. Okay. Well, part of Calgary did. Did you see any tornadoes yesterday? No, I saw some pictures of tornadoes. Yeah. Wow. got some hail. Some big hail. Yeah, big hail. Yeah. Well, if you do are worrying about electricity, if you're worrying about energy, this episode is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Hopefully, they're doing a better job than Rogers was two weeks ago from when this when this episode comes oh, out. Oh, right. We're not live live. We're not. Yeah, Rogers. So. Glad they've fixed their outage. Well, let's hope so. Otherwise, yeah. people are going to be losing their minds. They should just uh, move over to, uh, what, what's. Bell. The, uh, Tell us. Sure. 
Park Power. Park Power. In Alberta, you know, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you are choosing a positive local business. Mm-hmm. Instead of those negative local businesses that we hear so much about nowadays. Like Rogers. Like Rogers. Unless they're a sponsor, and then Rogers is a great. The best. They do the phenomenal Good old work. Ted. Mm-hmm. Thanks Plus, for running the Blue Jays into the ground. Is that what he did? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is baseball still a thing? No. Okay. Park Power also shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for other communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kazowski, and we love local here at the Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more at parkpower.ca. Great. What do you have for me? We're going to talk about the Alberta Blue Cross Group. Wait, do I say group? Doesn't matter. Whatever it says. So, Kyle, uh, how's your life as a business owner? Is it hectic? It's fairly hectic, yeah. To say the least? Sweaty. You sweat making podcasts. <laughs> I, would love, I would love to see uh, your process. Sometimes in a cave all by myself, filled with rats. I, I'm pretty sure we all heard cage. Alberta Blue Cross understands that, Kyle. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Great. Yeah, great. I mean, I'm just working by myself, but sure. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it, oh, you've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. That's that worked. Well, it's good. so well. That's yeah, that, yeah. that halting cadence. I think you did gonna, a good job. Yeah. yeah. C minus. All right, so we are back now. We have finished Ooh. watching the movie. Together. That's together the on the couch. We just, together. just finished watching this movie. Excellent. Um, Alice, I'm wondering if you were ever, let's say you've gone on a road trip, you are in British Columbia in a small little town, let's say, filling up uh, as you're going to Vancouver, and some random local comes up to you with a VHS copy of First Blood in their hands. They're like, uh, I'm thinking about watching this. Like, what is this? What is this? What is this movie about? How would you answer that question? What was the What is the plot of First Blood? Oh man, first. Well, I hope I'm in Hope, BC, because mm-hmm. that's where it was filmed. Correct. But I would um, never want to go there. They just drive me <laughs> through the town. They should be like, no. I would say that it's a movie about heart. You know, it's about not judging people mm-hmm. by their looks and being inclusive. It's about ACAB, police brutality. It's about uh, PTSD, you know, of our veterans. Mm-hmm. And so um, it taught me a lesson. I was like, okay, yeah, don't be mean to people because you they might kill you. Kill you. It, it, it is remarkable. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the recurring joke, and I'm sure from like the time this was released, but if you look at any like modern review nowadays, it's like, Brian Dennehy could have just let him have a meal. Like, what is the deal right. <laughs> with him just like letting him just be himself sort of thing? And he wouldn't have had all this stuff that actually happens. But they bef- do deal with that. They do. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I go too far into it, this rewatch, what did you think? What, how were, what were your feelings about the movie? Honestly, I feel like the themes still are things that we talk about to this day, which is crazy because it's been 30 odd years. 40 right? years, actually. 40 years. Yeah. 40 years, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Time is weird. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> and it it's, weird. you know, I don't know if there's, it just reminded me, like, I don't know if we've made much stride in kind of making mm. things better for veterans and, you know, mm. better mental health supports for people with PTSD. I think that there's even more judgment going on 
from folks who don't like to see people who are different from them. I mean, obviously mm. in this movie, they didn't like that he had long hair. Right. And nowadays people are back to judging people for much worse things like color of skin. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Wearing Patreon t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Kyle? Uh, yeah, this is not a visual medium. I am wearing that shirt. This, uh, it, you know, it is fascinating to, to think about that, that there's no way really to talk about this movie without bringing up the Vietnam War, because that's mm-hmm. directly what it is talking about. And the original novel was written in the middle of the Vietnam War, right? right? So this is basically talking about that with an 80s, I guess, viewpoint or context. We can all agree the Vietnam War was the best war, right? But how much, yeah, they were not appreciated or looked good upon then coming back from that like it was a horrible experience no matter how you look at it the people who had to go over there how they were treated when they came back by citizens and stuff like that and i think this movie is like trying to grapple with that it's like the people over there didn't want you there you didn't want to be there your country didn't like it when you returned back like there was really a no-win situation for everyone involved yeah it was kind of surprising to me that you know i didn't know about the negative backlash of the veterans locally in america mm-hmm. but i was kind of surprised because you know usually they're so patriotic well that's the thing it's like vietnam is that that one exception because i would even argue with afghanistan and like even the war in terror and like veterans were not looked down upon to that degree yeah like being spit on as you were coming back from the plane and stuff like that like it was aggressive it was aggressive yeah. back in the 70s for sure was the least understood war, mm-hmm. at least as far as propaganda is concerned. Mm-hmm. I don't think the American public even understood why. Like with World War II, there's like national pride. Yeah. With Afghanistan, it's the 9-11, so they've been a front. They, they drew first blood, right? right so right, we've right. got to go. But Vietnam was a weird one because they really ought not to have been there in the first right. place. But there their propaganda a- machine didn't give them a good reason to hold on to either. Yeah. And they were fighting the civil rights problem. So they're just, everybody's angry about everything. You know, it's interesting because, you know, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for like I wouldn't be in Canada if it wasn't for the war. Right. You know, my parents were from Vietnam, refugees from the Vietnam War. And like they still think very highly of the Americans that were there right. to help yeah, them because yeah. they were from the south. And yeah, it, so I never even knew that side of things because it was such a positive, you know, like so glad they, they did what they could. You know, they tried to mm-hmm. like help us and then to watch this movie. I was just so confused the first time I watched it. Like, right. Yeah. yeah. Is it because he's wearing a green jacket? Is it because he's on a motorcycle? Yeah. And literally within the first 15 minutes of the movie, they're just like doing some pretty heinous pr- police brutality stuff to oh, him. Yeah. So I get the feeling too. I mean, we learned, uh, is it Nick Nolte? I mean, uh, there's not just, it's not so binary. Like if you went to the war, you were a brainless soldier. There were a lot of people that dodged the draft, people who pretended mm-hmm. they were soldiers, people who would steal this clothing. So you get, I got this one line in this film where once they started realizing this guy's a Green Beret, like, uh, is it Dave yeah. Crusoe? Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, the young, young Dave <laughs> Crusoe. And he's like, yo guys, like maybe we should just lay off this dude because he's actually a hero. So I don't, I don't think they knew that he And then he whipped off his glasses and the song from The Who started playing. It was weird. <laughs> and they didn't, I don't think they knew... If they had known he was actually a soldier and not just some derelict, I don't right. I don't know if this movie well, goes the way that it's supposed to, but true, but again, that's a I think another subtextual thing in this movie that I find so fascinating. Yeah, sure. When they f- uh, figure out or realize that he's a green beret, then it's like, "Oh, well, I guess we should have treated him better." It's like, "Well, who cares? Like it doesn't matter that he's a yeah. green beret sure, or whatever." Sure. But it's it's interesting that that's the flip that they come with. Well, but the main police chief is still like 
screw that guy. I don't care. Well, it became right, very right. personal. Yeah. Well, I, I guess I have this interesting idea about it because I, I was telling Kyle the last time we recorded, I'm reading this book called The End of Bias. And they were talking about sort of um, the latest psychoanalyses of both uh, why people are racist or judge other people, but also they've been breaking down police brutality. Mm. And one of the interesting perspectives is uh, actually it was shown in this film is what does it take for a person to become a sheriff and what is that guy's worldview? So he talks a lot at the beginning about his power and how to control uh, safety in his town. And so when that kind of gets broken apart, he is now emotionally attached to this resolution. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. you can see him, he's miserable. Like there's a part where he's crying, there's a part where he's angry. There's several scenes where Brian Danny's trying to give up and then it becomes, you know, this toxic masculine thing where yeah. he's like, no, fuck you. I don't care if I'm going to die. I don't care if my whole town blows up. I'm going to win. Yeah, there's definitely the dark side of like either pride, revenge, whatever it happens to be is it does like <laughs> reasons kind of goes out the window. It's like, yeah, no, I'm going to get this guy no matter to what. to pull all those resources. It I was know. insane to me. The yeah. cost. I wish I, you know, yeah. knew how much it would have cost. You I just know? like that they have this small town has a helicopter that they can call well, in whenever they want. This small town does. <laughs> is that unfair? Yeah. It was, it's pretty crazy. He also yeah. had a pretty fancy coat. I don't know if you guys looked at the coat he was sweet. wearing for yeah. a second half but of he's... the movie, but it was very fancy. <laughs> I, I want to know if that was like, not a mistake necessarily, but it is, he's wearing his police uniform and then it comes back and it's like this huge woolly, like McCabe and Mrs. Miller coat that he's wearing. And for the next half like of the movie, like, did they, just, yeah. did they just like lose the police coat and they had to like bring something <laughs> to well, use for the rest the, of this? In the production, didn't they say like it was unseasonably hot and then one day they showed up and it was like winter. Mm -hmm. So maybe Brian Denny's just like, fuck it, I'm not wearing that yeah. jacket because it's freezing. So you're going to give yeah. me the fur. He's also the police chief, so he's corrupt. Mm -hmm. He's definitely got money. Yeah. You know he's got money. He just looks like somebody who squirreled away some what public money. What do you money. think he would have thought would have happened if Rambo just like had lunch, you know? Yeah, that's the thing. I think- Does I he think set up a camp, you know? Maybe. I, mean, I think the subtext is that he's derelict. He's going to uh, cause a ruckus or get drunk in the middle of the town. I think it's the same thing that people have with a lot of like homelessness in or cities and stuff like that. Or attract others. Like, like it becomes right. known it's like, like hobo the, the code style. Yeah. yeah like As you let one in- and people are going to know, oh, you can go to Hope. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kill him with kindness or a thing. You you know, as soon as he rolls up on him <laughs> in like the first scene, it's yeah. like, like, come on in, come a ride. And he's like, I'm going to drive you to the bridge outside of town. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually want you here. I, it was it was a, a fascinating rewatch for me because it's, I, I don't know if I've actually watched this movie since that theater experience, whatever that was, over a decade or so All ago. All the Rambos fused into All one the Rambos, film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think what I kind of came away with this time is like how how quickly it kind of goes from zero to 11. Yeah. Like it really is him like just trying to walk and like go around and then he's in the police station and then all of a sudden he's like busting out, going on motorcycles, commandeering cars, like running up into the mountains, a uh, guy getting killed. Flip the and motorcycle. Like, uh, yeah, like everything just kind of like hits the fan all at once and it kind of doesn't let up from there. I will say this too, like it is... You can make fun of like the faces that Stallone gives or like his vocal uh, cadence and stuff like that. I think this is maybe some of his best acting yeah. that Stallone does yeah. in, in a movie. It, it, it also still surprises me, you know, when the machine said that we had to watch this movie for 1982. A part of me was like, is this one of those things where like an actor gets famous in a the movie they did like five or seven years ago? 
they then just release because it's like, oh, this guy is important. Uh, but it's not like, like this movie does very much look like it was filmed in the seventies to me, but it was not. It was absolutely shot and released in the in mm. the, in the early eighties. So uh, the look of the movie, I think, actually adds to it because it's dealing so much with something from the 70s that they're kind of trying to match i think tone to content if only they could have played the song fortunate son so that we really knew it was supposed to be the 70s at least the beginning you know when he's mm-hmm. searching for his friend mm-hmm. that is a very like we at least kyle and i watched a year a fucking full year of mm-hmm. films from 97 a full year yeah we spent 52 weeks 52 weeks we watched 52 films kyle from technically with the bonus episodes like and we were still watching them yeah, because yeah. we have bonus episodes i just want people listening to be clear we spent 52 weeks yeah. in 1971 uh but the first you know five ten minutes that's shot i think very intentionally in like a 70s style you know like kind of walking down the galan mm-hmm. and having this mm-hmm. conversation even like the film style i felt very yeah. whatever but as soon as the action hit that got very 80s you know like some of the panning when they're in the force felt like predator a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, you start seeing the action is you don't see action that well choreographed in the 70s it was a lot more raw i think that's true so it's a little bit of both but i was convinced when we were talking about watching this that this was shot at the ro- around the time of rocky i don't know right. i remember it being old-fashioned because if rocky 3 comes out the same year yeah. They look very different. They yeah, look very different. I think. We'll see. I haven't seen Rocky Three yet, mm-hmm. like this year. Because yeah. I just remember that's when he gets shredded. Well, that, that's the other thing. It's like he is not as gigantic as he is in Rocky yeah. Three. So I want to know how that all works together. Know, because I, he's slender. I was watching when, big, he was, but he's when they're fire hosing him, I suspect when we watch Rocky Three, all they do is baby oil him for the Maybe. for the boxing. Because he's still pretty cut. Because if you watch Rocky, when you watch Rocky, he's pretty big. Like he's probably walking around at like 180 and he's not... You know, the 70s, the 76, I think they came out. So, you, you, boxers didn't have uh, striation on their muscle. He's just a big, <laughs> thick dude. But this, I think this is the year, like 82-ish, when he starts appearing. He has, I remember he was famous, I think Wolverine in the 90s was modeled after his body. So, he's got like oh. abs on his abs on his abs, <laughs> sure. you know. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a 24-pack. It's crazy. His body's crazy. So, I think we're starting to see that this year. I just remember him being like, more like Rocky. That's how I pictured it. I think I fused those two Stallones together because he's you know he's he's been working out he looks mm-hmm. fit could it be one universe like where he <laughs> I mean I, I there was a time in the mid 90s when the X-Men movie conceptual like his class is based on Arnold Schwarzenegger right. where they were just like they need to do it before they're too old and they didn't no they're too old but uh that would well, have been with the, with the multiverse now Dave you never know they could it's have true. old Colossus and old uh, yeah. Wolverine I guess might happen it might happen. I know Arnold would be down for it because he'll make anything. He doesn't give a shit anymore. I don't know about Stallone. Can you imagine? Stallone would have. Yeah, yeah Stallone can. technically is in the MCU. So oh, yeah. Because he showed up as a oh, bit cameo bit in yeah. one of the Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy movies. So. Yes. Was the that idea that they were going to make their own movie? Because Michelle Yeoh was yeah, there. Yeah, that's the and, idea. That, yeah. that was the idea. He's also a shark. In, oh, yeah, yeah. That is yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, in of, uh, the Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad. Yeah, very cute. Yeah. Killer Shark, King Shark. What is his name? I, I forget. Know. Who cares? It's I think he also smokes a cigar. I don't know. I just feel like that's so. Oh, uh, as a tie-in to yeah. Expendables. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah. it's like you kind of have to. Him, him, and Arnold both are like always smoking cigars. Yeah. I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into something that I think a couple of us have brought up here already, which is that whole idea of like the all cops are bastards like movement. Because that's another thing you see in a bunch of like online reviews. Like, oh, this is like the original. Mm. idea behind that yeah. is like this is a guy just, just yeah. really just wants to live his life and he's just getting like harassed. picked on harassed it's like leave him alone and probably would have a lot more 
uh, a luck with this. That being said, again, through, through Stallone's rewrites, uh, he made it very clear that he did not want Rambo to ever kill a single police officer by his own hand. Which so, is, a, yeah, like the original idea is that he kills a bunch of people and he dies at the end. Yeah. That's how the story is supposed That's to how be. The story right. goes. Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be. I mean, we'll talk Which about it. Which is also a very 70s idea. Like, if you watch a bunch That's of 70s what would films, That's how it would have happened. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was supposed to be made like 10 years earlier and it would have been would've disgusting. Been yeah. So depressing. <laughs> yeah. Just like every film we watched True. for 52 weeks. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, is, it is there to be uh, provocative. Let's no, put it that way. But yeah, I think to his credit, this is kind of maybe the businessman of Stallone. He understood like if we want this to be broadly palatable as an entertainment that people are going to go and watch, we have to change this and we have to have it be a bit different. The American dream changed. Like they were talking about the 80s. People wanted to feel good about themselves again, even dark films. So That's the thing. Like Reagan yeah. comes in in 19. 19- and that there is this like shift cultural in, in, twist, a cultural right? shift so alice let's talk about ronald reagan no, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, uh, I, just, I just wanted to, i guess lean in a little bit to that idea of cops how they're portrayed in this movie do you think that there is any redeeming value for the cops that are shown or is it just like these are all bad well it really does a good job at showing you how one bad egg kind of spoils a lot kind of mentality where there were lots of the police officers in, you know, that were like, Hey, you shouldn't be doing this to him. You know, why are we going so hard after this guy? He's, you know, he's not bad. And then also, you know, we, in today's day, we talk a lot about the lack of understanding of mental health and PTSD amongst police. And that's why they should not be first responders to a lot of different scenarios. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happens in here. You know, I think that there's like a mirror that flashes and then he has a flashback to when he's in a POW camp and then that's where he loses it. Right. And so had they had known that and had a better understanding of PTSD and veterans, they probably would have, yeah, just said, okay, well, let's just let him go through. Like he's not you know yeah well, how are you dave how do you feel like the the cops are handled in this movie yeah it's it's interesting i you know i did feel like there was at least some depth in the script writing that they're not just uh monsters or boogeymen so they do seem human except for the one psychopath <laughs> but he's intentionally set apart like he looks weird he acts weird you know he's he is himself probably a serial killer so there's something about him where he wants to say to mascus what are you going to call it? so he's trying to um be gross. But I did find like David, yeah, Babyface, Dave Crusoe, even Brian Dennehy, they have moments where they're still human beings. So I think there is some awareness that they knew they weren't supposed to go so far. And <laughs> then in the first 10 minutes, they're trying to capture him so that it's over. And, and they're just overestimating their ability to handle one man, uh, except he's not a man. He's John Rambo. He's so they fight well, that out. That's yeah. thing. And we talked about earlier about the lack of respect, right, of the veterans. And that's probably why they underestimated this guy's ability to literally. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea that he didn't actually kill anyone with his own hands because they do it subtly because it's usually either like a trap that like. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Like they just like fall into a bunch of traps. Yeah. He stabs David Cruz in the butt with his knife. That's right. Like, oh, yeah, he stabs him in the leg type of thing, but it's it's not a kill shot type of thing. And even the guy who like falls out of the uh, helicopter, that's his own fault. Like, he didn't actually do anything for him to kill him. He threw a rock at a helicopter, which uh, I don't know if you can do that. Yeah. Should have had an arrow to blown up. Yeah. He didn't have his arrow, his quiver. Um, But it's it's a very subtle thing. It's like, oh, God. Blows up a gas station, throws a guy out of a truck. Yeah. 
There's another movie I, I, I can It's like Home Alone. Yeah. Mm. But. <laughs> <laughs> although, it's pretty much. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although the uh, Kevin McAllister is actually far more psychotic, I think, than John yes. Rambo. So. Yeah. He loves it's just sad, though, because as he's like setting up these traps, he's so he's like, I don't want to be doing this. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. You know, mm. like he's literally just like. I you just brought this on it. yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like, let me live my life. Also, I know we talked about the fashion a little bit, but like I love his robe that he created uh, out of the, the tunic or yeah. whatever, yeah, out of yeah, the yeah. canvas. <laughs> the survival. The, you know what I also felt like this is the. I mean, this is clearly an influence to like all the survivalist uh, video games. Oh, a thousand percent. You know, you like walk in, and I love that they actually show him unable to find leather in the car, and you're like, oh shit, what is he gonna do now? And he's like rifling through stuff, starting fires. Like he has to do everything. It's there, great. There's, there's a direct line between this and like. I guess the worst examples of like doomsday preppers. He's like, oh, I'll know how to survive yeah, yeah. by right. myself if it comes <laughs> yeah. to that. I'm like, okay, here's your can of soup, I guess, that you're going to survive with. I've written some notes down here, of course, uh, but I just wanted to bring up, I always like to bring this up uh, when there's chases in old movies because it's like, they're flying all over the road, mostly because they don't have power steering yet, is what I'm I guessing. Have you driven without power steering? Once. It's fucking crazy. Right, because you have to like turn, turn, never. turn, turn. So no, I, just is, old... I don't recommend it. That's why you see in like old movies why they always are like, like well, reefing on the wheel because it's not like a turn is like a turn. Well, it's not just that, but uh, we had a old, I think it was the Delta 80. We had an old car where the power steering went out while I was driving. And it's not just uh, the ratio. You have to actually use muscles to turn a wheel. Because <laughs> it's a direct line to mm -hmm. two giant pieces of rubber on a road. Right. So, like, everything you're doing, it's like you have to sweat. There's, yeah, it doesn't turn as responsively and all that kind of stuff. So, I love old stunts uh, in, mm -hmm. like, old films. Just the idea of what these men and women driving these cars are going through. It must have been an experience. Yeah. Um, do you think this movie is what gives Stallone the idea to make Cliffhanger? Uh, have you seen Cliffhanger? I have not. Oh my God, Alice. That's another amazing movie. That one holds up for sure. <laughs> With John Lithgow. John Lithgow right? is yeah. the uh, oh. sadistic terrorist and he's got to survive. I love John Lithgow. Imagine Die Hard on a cliff. That's right? what it is. And uh, actually, that's it. That's all I have to imagine. It's Die, <laughs> die Hard on a cliff. Uh, that's an amazing movie. I don't know. You're just referencing the fact that he was hanging off a cliff. That's all. I yeah. missed it. So, no. <laughs> but I do love the fact, talking about the survival skills, there's two things that I are very funny to me, but it fits the tone to this movie because it's a little like off kilter, which is like, I was going to jump into these trees and they'll break my fall. Yeah. It'll be perfect. Well, he didn't okay. want to. Yeah, he didn't want to. Know, he was going like, to die. Right? I think it might be a little bit uh, overstated how that would actually happen. No, he would have died. Yeah, yeah, he should have died. But you know what I do like about that scene? Even though, yeah, the, the result is cartoonish. I love the way they set that up because he clearly doesn't want to jump. Mm -hmm. He's hanging on the cliff for a reason because he, you know, he got up to the yeah. precipice and he's like, I'm not fucking jumping to that gorge. And then that crazy guy keeps shooting him. Yeah. So he had to choose, am I going to get shot or I'm going to give it go this a shot? Yeah. Um, I do feel like... You know, they set it up for him to be more wounded than he ended up being. Sure. Like when he's like, ah, and you're like, oh shit, now he's going to spend the rest of his, you know, movie hobbling on one <laughs> leg and instead it's like a cut. I you mean, know, that, yeah, it's not that bad. That is, I think, maybe the fundamental difference between at least this and like the first Die Hard movie, which yeah. is like, when John he walks McClane on the glass. Bill, yeah, he is, oh, he is hurt. He is bleeding. He is hurt. Yeah. Like he is like exhausted. And this is a, Stallone movie so it's like I'll have blood but I'm not gonna yeah. <laughs> show too much weakness sort of thing. The other one is the uh, killing of the pig. I was uh, just going to I say. Love, I love that only because like that was a really 
easy kill. Easy apparently, kill. Yeah. It's like, I've killed this pig. And there's like a haunch that he's just like walking back with. It's like, it's okay. like caveman style. It's like first, like cutting through bone and seeing it just isn't like a quick, oh, he's like got a pretty big point. knife. His he's knife is insane. Yeah. He's got a pretty big knife. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably where Crocodile Dundee yeah. got that gag, right? Might be. Yeah. Might be. I always preferred sporks. As far as casting, yes, there's like that baby faced, um, David Crusoe. David Crusoe. Yeah. Right. There is a couple of Canadian actors that show up for like literally two seconds. Oh, I'm going to totally blank on his name. The one is the helicopter pilot who is like a famous Canadian like bit player. He was in um, hmm. Danger Bay, if you remember that from like oh, the late 80s. Danger early Bay. 90s. Uh, but the other one is like Bruce, the main guy with the yeah, gray hair. I'm pretty oh. sure that's the pilot of the. Uh, right, I didn't, I didn't double check it, no, but I'm pretty okay. sure that's I'm who that guy up. is. I'm going to call you out. And then uh, Bruce Greenwood. Bruce Greenwood's in this movie? For five seconds. He's one of the guards what? that they run past. <laughs> who, I mean, so not good. to get uh, to tell too much about myself, but like. He's all he's in his sixties and he's still good looking. Uh, I think he's so good. Keep in your pants. <laughs> I'm just saying. Keep in I'm your just pants. saying. Bruce Greenwood is a good looking man. All <laughs> <laughs> cast. I'm uh, just you know, you keep talking. You keep I'm going, looking you keep going. Um, oh, they're all by first names like Orville, Lester. Who the f- how would we know who the f- Yeah, no one knows. No one knows. Oh here, pilot. Charles A. Tamburo. And who Known for, oh, I was in T2, gone in 60 seconds. Okay. I just, he rec- he was very recognizable. So I was like, he has to be a Canadian actor of some kind. His brother of John. Um, yeah, because if we, it hasn't been made obvious. This was filmed in Hope, BC, which is, what do they call it? It's actually Hope, Washington oh, like, is what they no, say. No, it's called like somethingville. And it's right. really, it's like gentlemanville or like, it's something weird. Storyville. Yeah. They're yeah. supposed to be in Oregon, Washington. Something. Because, well, they're at least close to Seattle because they say that Portland and Seattle are yeah. close by yeah. at, at one point. So I remember the name of the town being just like, I'm like, that was unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like a cartoon. We don't yeah. need to have anything added on to this. His monologue scene yeah. in mm. the police station the yeah. breaks my heart. It's great, right? It's. Insane. And I know we mentioned a little bit earlier about like the way he speaks and kind of his facial expressions. And for the longest time, I don't know why I was just like, oh, it's because he had so much plastic surgery. Like that's mm-hmm. why his face <laughs> is kind of droopy and right, like right. he has a weird speech thing. But it's from when he was born. His, you know, the doctor used like stirrups or something to like take the out his head ups, and it like yeah. forceps. Yeah. And like kind of messed up his bottom. Oh. It's like this whole bottom right Paralyzed. side of his. I actually didn't know his, that. His really? Yeah, I didn't know no. that. Yeah. That's interesting. That's you why he speaks, and that's fan. why his family was like, "You'll never be an actor." That's right. Yeah, and he, and he <laughs> so you better stick up. to writing. <laughs> and he's not particularly yeah, yeah. good looking either, right? I the mean, fact that he made yeah, it. I don't know about that. No, I, I'm just saying. I, like, if what, Stallone came up to me, I would. <laughs> that's now. Marry him. That's the yeah. power of celebrity and working out like six <laughs> well, days sure, a week. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But when he first broke out, like we saw him as a subway thug in Clute, that's true. or yeah. Uh, in yeah, Clute. No, Bananas. Bananas. And so we've seen him when he was about 20-something. And he's oh, just... Did you see his first film? Uh, the no. Italian Stallion? The, yeah. Have you watched it? <laughs> I haven't. Because <laughs> it's basically a porn, right? It is a porn, yeah. But yeah, it's yeah. funny right. that back in the day, everybody made fun of him for it. And was that's like, right. oh. And it's like, that's so... Like, why would you... I'm, people were so weird back well, then. Yeah. We're still weird now. Yeah. We make fun of everybody. I wouldn't still. be like, that guy used to be a porn star. He'll Like, ha True enough, but like, Look the, the, at the, uh, the, every... Rapper, R&B artist right sure. now. I don't but, know. I, but, but it is a fascinating career trajectory only because he became so famous. I, he has to be the only one who did that. Like, yeah, Yes, true. there was porn actors that have gone on to do Hollywood stuff, but have they ever gotten to the level of 
Sylvester Stallone? I don't think so. Well, like, so she's like unique. this anomaly in that, that one true. regard. But if yeah. you read the story, he didn't, he wasn't a porn actor. He okay, was homeless and he took a job mm-hmm. because he couldn't he use just needed the money. Yeah, and he didn't know, it was a one-time thing. Yeah, right. I don't think he even knew it was going to be a porn. I have no idea. Right. That's well, a little murky, the, right? The normal career trajectory thing now is wrestler to actor which, which has happened many times well yeah and, he, and he, again this is a great example because rocky 3 has hulk hogan in it um who mm. never became a good actor yeah. in my opinion yeah so i think there's that stigma but like recently you have like dave batista uh batista. john cena the, even mm. the rock like the rock is the biggest movie star yeah. in the world but batista is a great actor in the yeah. world these been and, and I think that when John Cena's cast correctly, he's also a good actor. So mm. it's interesting. Like you can bring him from these other areas. Like I, I never like to admit that I've watched wrestling, but it is funny thinking about who The Rock is now compared to when he first came out mm-hmm. and how bad of an actor he was when he first <laughs> yeah, joined the WWE. He's like, I agree. He's a total clown, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to, he's never going to win an acting award, no. but, but he has been You never know. <laughs> I was like, no. No, we'll give him that man an Oscar. No, he's, uh, but he knows, he's like still, all these guys, they know what their strengths are. So yeah. The Rock's going to pick up a role where, yeah. where you know what he's, you know, we can smell what he's cooking. Does he still say that? Hulk Hogan is my favorite actor. I wonder why The yeah. Rock hasn't been in the Expendables franchise. I feel like there's some drama there. There's drama with him for everywhere. Fast, Fast Furious too. Him and Vin Diesel hate yeah. each other. Yeah, they do. They, but The big... Rock is uh, all ego. Yeah. He is. I think there's a lot of ego in place. And if we're talking about The, the Rock specifically, from what I understand, like, you have to kind of sometimes read between the lines with sure. what people are, are saying versus what they mean, I feel like. <laughs> but like he a, always needs to be the star of the movie oh. he's in. Like, he doesn't really like being like part of a group necessarily. Even though he's like, we're all a family, we're all a team in this movie. It's like, no, he's like the name above the title. And he wants to fit really into this gap of uh, PG-13 is like the most he'll do anymore. Oh, right? really? Which I don't think the Expendables are, no, are they? They're, like, all no. they're R-rated. So he will not be in an R-rated film because it goes against his brand. All right. Well, there's a few other things I'm sure we should uh, talk about here, but just to do some backstory here. First Blood opened up on October 22nd of 1982. It's currently rated 3.7 out of 5 on Letterboxd. It has a 7.7 on IMDb. And on Metacritic, it has 61. Really? Uh, 7.7 is actually not super low as far as IMDb is concerned. Compared to, uh, were we watching? Yeah. Anyway, on Rotten Tomatoes from 49 critics, it's at 86%. From 100,000 plus users, it's at 85%. You can go and buy it on DVD and Blu-ray. You can can currently purchase it on uh, or rent it on iTunes or YouTube. And you can also stream it on Netflix, at least here in Canada, you can. For now. Yeah. Its budget was $15 million. It would go on. This is a huge asterisk because I'm pretty sure this is worldwide gross uh, because it's not in the top 10 films of the year for for North America. But $125 million is what it would make, which is if adjusted for inflation is $379 million. So it would be a lot. Yeah. (laughs) It was a hit. It was a big hit. Yeah. Its plot description is a veteran Green Beret is forced by a cruel sheriff and his deputies to flee into the mountains and wage an escalating one-man war against his pursuers. Succinct. It's yeah. very succinct. Yeah, I like that. But now that it, is what happens. That is, that is very literally. <laughs> what happens. Um, and he kills a pig. But it's, now is the time. Uh, a boar, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was pretty hairy. Which, by the way, invasive species. We should not be allowing those boars into I read, You Canada. know this best, but... 
If a domesticated pig escapes and goes feral, it becomes feral and it, does it exactly. It grows that. hair yeah. and it gets bigger. And big, get big tusks. Yeah. Yes. Can you domesticate it again? That I don't know. Wait, why would you know this best? What is the story? I grew story? up on a farm. Oh, we okay. Raised, we raised pigs. <laughs> yeah. I just like make fun of him because he's from Rocky Mountain House. I shouldn't. It's not fair. Uh, this is when I can launch into my whole thing about how pigs are like one of the smartest animals they I've ever come across. They are smart and they cute. Are tasty. They are cute. But they, they taste good. good. And they, they do, do taste, taste good. good. So they're the best at everything. Sometimes I would go out and eat bacon in front of them and be like, this is you. <laughs> Remember your friend Bobby? <laughs> this is actually, this is so nerdy. I used to make little science of them on the old computer, like the little like dot matrix printer. Yeah. And I'd be like, this is Petunia. And like do like a little like clip art thing, print it oh, out and then put it out on the pen. And like that would be like their main tag and stuff. That is adorable. Psychotic. I'm not a response to that. It's like uh, <laughs> digital crochet. That's great. That's right. That's right. Oh. Nice. Okay, well, now is the time to play everyone's favorite game. Guess yes. that tag. This is, of course, when I don this very handsome blazer. I pick up the very long microphone that Bob Barker used to use. And we have to guess what the tagline to this film actually was. So when you go to a movie theater, you'll see the row of movie posters there, of course, with great visuals, but there'll also be this little line on the poster to, I guess, entice you to go and see that movie. So, Alice, this is your first time here. I'm going to give you three <laughs> options. One of these is the actual legitimate tagline to this movie. The other two are completely made up by me. Was the tagline for First Blood, this time he's fighting for his life? Or is it, all he wanted was some respect? Or is it, his country turned its back on him and now he's going to make it pay? What do you think the oh real tagline gosh. was? <laughs> um... You know, the first time we did this was easy because his copy was so bad. And now he spends so much time with these fucking things. Mm -hmm. They all sound real. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I want to say B. B, okay. So your your guess is, and uh, all he wanted was some respect. Dave, do you have a guess? Uh, so give it to me again. What was A? This time he's fighting for his life. All he wanted was some respect. His country turned its back on him, and now he's going to make it pay. Maybe C. I'm going to go with A. Okay. So Dave is right this time. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. Oh. This time he's fighting for his life is the real tagline for this movie. This, why do they say this time, though? Like, is it just because... That's what, that, that, yeah, that's what I thought confusing. was interesting, too. Because it feels like that should be the sequel or something yeah. like that. But. Maybe because he's a soldier? Yeah, like he's fighting. I yeah, guess. It feels <laughs> like this is like the next uh, iteration yeah. of it. Like, did you guys research into kind of what impact this had on society after it came out? Where people like, we should be nicer to... I don't think nobody gives a shit. I mean, yeah. they had to make Born on the Fourth of July ten years after. Nobody gave a shit after Tom Cruise won that right. one. Mm. People just don't. People don't. I care. rated it five stars on Letterbox when you were doing the Letterbox, and I was like, <laughs> I'm the one pushing the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. stars up. I was like, best movie ever. It's pretty good. It is it's, fun sometimes because very, very only, rewatchable. Everyone has their own taste, right? But there are sometimes I go to a movie. It's like, how is this <laughs> rated so high? Like, yeah. but I also have the other options. It's like, why is this rate so low? Mm -hmm. Why is this a three out of five? It's way higher than that. Well, do living in this world for three years, we realize I think this is a problem proliferated more by the internet. Some people just need really strongly to seem smarter than everybody else, so they'll find. Like you should see some of these reviews. It, it, some of them use words that you know, 
they like they wrote a copy and then they went to the source <laughs> and they just tried to make themselves how a can less i smart. get a vuncular into this <laughs> it's crazy um okay some so. of them are legible i don't know i like i'm obsessed with letterbox and yeah, I, my reviews are just like for fun and yeah. i mine are usually like, one mine's or like, two as words. a psychologist i approve of this movie <laughs> <laughs> So this stars Sylvester Stallone as John Rambo, Brian Dennehy as Teasel, Sheriff Teasel, I guess, Richard Crenna as Troutman, and David Caruso as Mitch. Well, you, you kept David Caruso Just in the there, one David right? Caruso. That's nice, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Richard Crenna is in the first three, I believe. Yeah. I think he comes back a couple of times. As the corporal. As the corporal guy. Troutman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but is there anything we want to say about any of these actors? Brian Dennehy actually just passed away here mm, last year. So. Uh, 2020. Oh gosh. Yeah, time is a flat yeah, circle, yeah. isn't it? Uh FX, you pro have you both seen FX? I've not. I've no. never seen the, the, I have There's two old. of them. There's two of them. Yeah, they're both good. Shit. I'm Who so is old. he in that? Brian Dennehy? Yeah, Brian Dennehy and the Australian Brian's. Two Brian's. Anyways, FX because there are murder mysteries that have to be solved by a guy who does special effects for movies. Oh, amazing! So he has to like make masks okay, and special I do want to see that. That seems cool. It's so good. I don't even I don't know if they still exist, but another part of my youth films that I had no right of watching. I have no idea how we had access to these, probably on City TV or something. Yeah, so that's my love of Brian Denny. Just a brief look up, he's, he's won Tonys. Yeah, like he's, he's big on stage. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a pretty legitimate actor, but um, didn't really make it in film. I think FX and this film, this is his breakout film role. Well, I mean, he fit into that role so well of... Um, Angry white guy? Well, character actor, yeah. yeah. Like, he's... If you want the best version of like football dad, yeah, it's like yeah. we're gonna get Brian mm-hmm. Denny, right? Like those those are the types of car- of actors who just make a killing because it's like we need someone who fits but this does, exact does he thing. Have that many, so get this guy. Does he have that many credits? I didn't actually look at his filmography. I'm yeah. sure he's been in over a hundred films. Though, but, I bet you. A anything. lot of people do know the name. I think. Well, he's also on t- a TV show, and I'm now trying to remember what the TV show he was on for like oh, five seasons. I like him. But it's yeah, got gravitas, great voice. I like him. Yeah. Same thing happened to David Caruso. He was on CSI Miami for yeah, 12 but he shouldn't years. Have been. Yeah. What a terrible show. It's the same, <laughs> the same thing. Like I liked, uh, if you can have five versions of NCIS on television, Dave, people don't care. Well, I'm just going to say, like, I was just going to say the first one I really liked. Uh, anyways, I lost my train of thought. Well, you love CSI is what you're trying to say. Oh, That's David what you Caruso, want everyone yeah. to know. Yeah. Dave Chris is an idiot. He made a lot of money, so good for him. <laughs> good, good for him. Uh, cinematography is by Andrew Laszlo. Uh, the top four films you might know him for are this movie, The Warriors from 1979. Wow, nice. Star Trek V from 1989. Which one's five? The Final Frontier, which I think is the one where they meet God. Well, so they say that. Good one. Yeah, yeah. That's what everyone makes a joke about. Like that's t- basically what happens. Was it but... George Burns or no? It's not George Burns. And then Inner Space from 1987 is what he also oh, shot. Oh, Inner Space is pretty good. Is that Dennis Quaid where they yes, shrink into they shrink quantum? Down. Yeah. Written by I Michael Kuzal, William Sackheim, and Sylvester Stallone, although not credited on the actual finished screenplay. Based on the novel by David Morrell and directed by Ted Kotcheff. So here's kind of a brief synopsis of the making of this movie, which is David Morrell. The writer of the novel, born and raised in Kitchener, Ontario, so he is a Canadian, knew as a teenager that he wanted to become a writer, gets a BA from St. Jerome's University, which is somewhere in Ontario. Never heard of it. Really? That's an Ontario university? It sounds fake. Yeah, (laughs) it does sound fake, doesn't it? St. Jerome's. Oh my God, what's the big Ontario school? U of T? Queens? Western? Ottawa, Uh, right? uh, Carlton's in Ottawa? 
gosh, I don't know. Mm. Anyways, I think Waterloo? it's an offshoot of I think it's Waterloo. I think it's an offshoot of Waterloo, and then got kind of bought, not bought up, but like amalgamated with them at okay. some point. Anyways, that's so beside the point. He would go. Oh, on, it sounds interesting. I think we should spend a little bit more time on this. Saint Jerome's <laughs> University. He would go to Penn State to get his master's, and while working as an English professor after he got his master's, he finally publishes his first novel, First Blood, in 1972, right in the middle of the Vietnam War. Uh, Morell says that he was partly inspired because of the students he was teaching and the frustrations that they had about the current world that they would bring into the class. So he takes all that, writes down the Rambo name. Apparently, do you know this? There is a Rambo apple. Ooh. I did not know this. A really tough exterior and soft and chewy on the inside. <laughs> I don't know about that. But apparently his wife had like a box of these Rambo apples. And that's why the name Rambo, he just used that. You just can't cut John them open Rambo. with a knife. Yeah. yeah, John Rambo. So the book, uh, as we have kind of already said here, much different than what the movie would be. Much more brutal in his attacks. His biggest and the two biggest changes is that he dies at the end. So in the final showdown... Him and Teasel, the, the sheriff, uh, are doing their final showdown. And he actually, he fires his gun off to scare him and accidentally shoots him. So he kills the <laughs> sheriff by mistake. And then he'd already lit this stick of dynamite and then it explodes in his hand and he kills himself. That's how the book ends. Hmm. Very uplifting. So right after this is published, it's actually a pretty big success. And it's actually fairly well reviewed. So... Hollywood comes, buys the rights to it, and then just gets completely mired in production hell for about a decade. It gets picked up a few times. So like Robert De Niro, Clint Eastwood, and even Dustin Hoffman were all attached mm -hmm. at some point to be Rambo. Mm. And then Stallone comes across it and he is coming off of the two Rocky movies. So he's a pretty big deal at this point. So he uses his star power to fast track this, but forces some changes. One, that Rambo never kills anyone uh, directly. And two, that he doesn't die which is really great news for the sequels. So that's, that helps. That's why Kirk Douglas left. Is that true? Kirk Douglas is supposed to be Troutman. Really? Uh, yes, yes, And yes. then when he read the rewrite, he's like, nobody dies. I don't want to be part of it. And he left. This is bullshit. <laughs> wow. leaves. Well, interesting. Kirk Douglas would have been an interesting Troutman. As far as the two other like credited screenwriters, because there was a bunch of different drafts through this. I think they did two separate drafts that kind of got put together and then... Stallone did some of the rewrites, but Michael Kozal was a TV writer famous for things like Kolchak, The Night Stalker. Uh, William Sackheim was older, actually like 20 years older, but also spent a long time in TV. This is his last movie he would actually write. He would become much more well-known as a film producer after this. Uh, but Ted Kotcheff, Dave, do you remember that name? Yeah. Why? We watched... Uh, fuck. We watched a movie he made. He did, he did the Australian movie, oh, Wake yeah, and yeah. Fright. Wake and Fright. That's right. That's an interesting movie if you find it. This mm -hmm. uh, school teacher in the outback gets lost in, into this weird small town where he's psychologically drunk and tortured. And then, um, oh my goodness. Is, I'm not even, like we're, we're not even joking here. Yeah. There is an extended like 10 minute sequence where they just shoot kangaroos. Yeah. Like, like they bloodily actually show you not, them shooting 71. kangaroos. Uh, we should have done a Real count. kangaroos? Yeah. Real no. kangaroos. 100%. Yeah. It, I mean, it's stock footage from... This is before animal rights. Like oh, yeah. Every film in 1971, they killed an animal. Was it before animal rights? Um, because there's some dogs that die in I don't. Th I don't think they killed animals yet at, at this point but I think anymore. they were slowing down, but definitely yeah. in 71, like... 71, yeah, there was, you watch animals die in every movie. Yeah, there's at least seven movies where it's like, 
they killed that animal yeah. for sure in that shot. There's no way <laughs> the you're kangaroo one that. is crazy. Yeah. Like they're just massacred, and it's ten minutes long. Oh and, and it's real. It's 100 percent real. Like you're watching. Like you, read the, you read the articles on it's like no, they actually did yeah. that for real. They actually have to put a, 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 a thing warning. at the end of the movie. Yeah. It's like we were did this with permission from like yeah. the national. It was a like, required like, culling or something. Like, I don't know. That's like bringing. I feel like one of my friends has watched it or something and, or showed it to us because that kangaroo it's killing is like, like it's pretty yeah. brutal, pretty insane. Yeah, um, it goes for so long. It's like why are we still in this? The crazy Anyways. part is that's not even what makes the movie weird. No, I know. <laughs> Uh, the rest of the movie is actually pretty good. But it's that actually scene good, yeah. It's like, I don't know why we're spending so much time watching yeah. Kangaroos Kill. <laughs> Anyways, that's the director. This is him coming uh, into a, into America. He also has the most buck wild career of any movie director I've ever seen because he also directed like The Apprenticeship of Deddy Kravitz, kind of a classic Canadian film, and then would go on to make Weekend at Bernie's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, this, n- none of this makes sense to me of like his career. Because basically after this, he would do a bunch of TV movies and episodes of Law and Order. That's his directing career <laughs> after this. I think you should continue to talk about killing kangaroos. They go out to Hope, BC. They go and uh, shoot all this stuff. The first assembly cut is about three hours long, which is pretty standard for most movies because they know they're going to cut a bunch of stuff out. But... It goes over so badly that Stallone wants to buy it from the studio and destroy it. He Burn thinks it's it. going to ruin his career. He thinks it's that bad, which, which is amazing considering some of the other movies that do actually get released that he stars in. But regardless of that fact, he's convinced to let his, the editor to do their job. That editor, which I should have written down, but they cut it down to 93 minutes. And uh, they agree, like, oh, yeah, this works so much better. They do still do one reshoot, which is the final scene. Yeah, they still think say. the final scene doesn't hit exactly the right beats. So that last him with the monologue and stuff is actually a reshoot mm. after they had finished um, everything else. Print, principal production. Yeah. Can you imagine, can you imagine film editing three hours into 93 minutes? Yes. Like, you would just be going blind. I mean, but this is always the thing. This always is what frustrates me. That's true for literally every movie. Because every time I see it, no, like, I'm just it's saying. Like the first cut of whatever, the latest Marvel movie was five hours long. It's like, yeah, but it's not going to be that when it gets released. Like, they're no, not going to release that I just that mean more like respecting editors. Right. I mean, that is... They have a lot of work to do. That is crazy. Yeah. And those, that's the age of physical splicing. Yep. This right. is not, you know, like on a computer. 1982, it's like oh, somebody should be there. Yeah, this I, is I took a course once where I tried to splice razor, together you actually cut scotch it, tape. Tape it. What? So Stamp that's like, down, so like frame actually. by frame. So every second is a strip of 24 cells. Oh my so goodness. You're just, like, you're just sitting there with like a hand, hand spool. Like the like, editor oh, really yeah. is sometimes the, the unheralded like people who make the movie work because... Yeah. I mean, love them or hate them. I always bring up this example, but I think you can absolutely tell that Tarantino's longtime editor died because she did. She passed away in a car accident or something like that after Inglorious Bastards because it's never felt the same after yeah. that. It's like it's like too oh, long. This, this is too long or like this yeah. is your yeah. There's yeah. not there's not someone being like Quentin. No, we yeah. have to cut this out. It's going to be way better if we cut this out. Even Pulp Fiction's long, but you get so many stories and they're all succinctly timed mm-hmm. that you're energized. All those latest movies, yeah. they're then, exhausting, I mean, if man. You, yeah. The, the biggest one, uh, Thelma Schoomaker, I think is how you say her name, but she's in Scorsese's whole entire career almost. And she, he always says like, she's the one who makes the she movies. Makes the yeah. movies. <laughs> like I shoot them, but she's the one who actually puts it together the way that I need it to be. So I had like a scene in my, oh no, did you know about House Alone? Like, sold his dog before he made the porn movie like no for a thousand dollars i think it wasn't even a thousand it was something so small like five hundred dollars he just like needed some money 
And then later on, after he does Rocky, he, which he did for like really low amounts yeah, of money as well. But he went back to the guy and was like, can I buy my dog back? And the guy wouldn't budge. He was just like, no, sorry, I love this dog. Not going to give it to you. And then he ends up buying it for like $40,000. And he only made like 60 from them, you know, or something. Oh, it was gotcha. just like such wow. a huge ratio of his money. But that's just, that's Stallone, man. I thought you were going to say it's like he waged a one-man war. <laughs> this say, man. He pulled out his knife and he's like, look, this is the do this the easy yeah. way? Or the, yeah. That could like, be a movie though. I think the reason why he was able to make five of these movies is not like the vigilantes part of it, but I think that there is a lot of people who are like, this is the only guy who's really standing up for veterans, you know, right, yeah. talking about it. Like he, he gets a lot of respect from veterans mm -hmm. for making this and ta touching on the PTSD aspect of it. It, it is true. I mean, I, I always find it interesting when you go back and watch, I mean, this is an older movie. You should classify it as an older movie nowadays. But even if you go back even further, occasionally you will come across things that feel so modern. I, th I think there's this idea that like, oh, we've only started talking about mental health you know, in the last few years. And while certainly it's becoming more accepted to do so, it's like there was like these pockets occasionally that would pop up in popular culture that like there was an attempt. There was someone who was trying mm -hmm. to do the first step. And I do think, as silly as I guess I know that this series would eventually become, there is an attempt in this movie to be like, hey, like PTSD is a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> like this is something that we should maybe be a little bit more sympathetic to. It is funny that in the rest of the movies, it's like, sorry, Rambo, like there's no one else in the entire United States that can help yeah, the yeah. government except for you. <laughs> I know. It's hilarious. It's like, you're the only man. Yeah. Like he becomes this like superhero, right? Like it's like, send him in. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll hear from this in a moment here too, but like there are some reviewers even at the time who really feel like the final... I don't know, 30 minutes is, is a little bit too much. Like it, gets, it gets a bit too over the top. Mm. Cartoonish, you mean? Um, I don't know if either of you agree with that. I think the first time I watched it, I was just like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for him. The second time I was like, okay, like let's get to the action. <laughs> let's, I need to see someone dead. <laughs> yeah. I need someone to get stabbed in the butt. Yeah, the it doesn't night. happen in the rest of the movies, right? Like yeah. I think that he knew that it's like people just love like gore that's and what, yeah. action. And that's what I'm going to focus on. I was going to bring that up. I, I don't know if the 80s movie audience, like this modern audience didn't spend $2 billion to watch Avengers for philosophy. They just mm -hmm. wanted titillation. And I bring this up often when we talk about it, but learning that modern trailers are designed to spoil the film because people won't yeah. go watch movies oh. unless they know how it'll end. The general public has become really fucking dumb. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Dave. In the sense that they won't take a game. That was my eldest. They won't take a gamble on spending, I mean, it's pretty expensive, but like 15 bucks, 20 bucks, 25 bucks to just be surprised by a film anymore. So I think Stallone and all these action stars coming out in the 80s, they understand that, understood that implicitly, if not maybe defined it. So, you know, you don't uh, get an Arnold movie without knowing he's going to either win at the end or there's going to be a really important reason why he loses. You know, there's, they're, they're very predictable, I That's think. That's why I don't watch trailers. Yeah, like I rarely. Shouldn't. Kyle is obsessed with not watching them. I, yeah, yeah, I get really mad if I like learn something in the trailer that oh, I is. Show you everything. Yeah, because yeah. I love a twist. Like yeah. that's why Escape Plan is such a good movie because all the <laughs> twists and turns. Like I will look up movie lists where it's like best twists and turns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm like, yeah. It's part of the engagement of watching a movie, right? I pay now for Criterion, and we've been watching some film noir. We. I put on uh, this film noir called Double Indemnity. You know, it's like, Helen's like, oh, it's, you know, I don't know if we're going to watch this. 
But movies like that hook you in because they're mm-hmm. designed well, they're acted reasonably well. The main lead is old school, stiff Hollywood man, so he's kind of obnoxious, but they're written in this way by the end. You're like, oh, what's going to happen? Who's going to fire? Like, how could this be resolved? And <laughs> it's fun, you know? It's the excitement of like, like reading fiction, you know? I, yeah. I don't want to read a biography necessarily if I know how the person ends up. Like, I want to see, I want to be surprised by things. Yeah. It's what's I do exciting like, about it. Yeah. This movie's. There's a couple of movies like this. Like, I would watch First Blood again right now, mm-hmm. even though knowing how it's going to end, it's fun to just watch it all fall apart. There's just so much stuff to look. You know how they say, like, when you're making children's TV, it's like every three seconds, yeah, there's like a, a scene. Change. That's like what this is like, you know? And you just can't believe he's able to do this with just like <laughs> his bare hands and no tools, like all the things that he fashioned in the forest. You know what's great? I think it's because they made that very <laughs> believable. Yeah. You know, there are some movies that try this and they're just like, they're just like, okay, it's Peter a knife Cliff. now. Yeah. 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 But he actually has to fashion things. We were watching uh, this Netflix reality. Have you heard of Snowflake Mountain? Yes. Did you watch it? I watched it's it all. really good. Cried, of <laughs> yeah, course. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> but uh, the scene where they have to learn how to start a fire. Yeah. Amazing. I yeah. want to learn. I don't know how to start a fire without flint like or a mesh. It's like scouts for... Yeah. Right. Millennials, with the thing well, yeah. and the th- but they were really easy on them. I was like, they're not that's suffering true, at all. <laughs> they're glamping. That's because you're uh, you're a Rambo enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what I take from it is like this idea that if I was uh, an elite special forces person, yeah, I could probably do this. Like, it never gets to that extent where he's like mm. completely over the top. Like this rock and like this piece of string. Well, now I can like yeah. take down the government or whatever it happens to be. Does MacGyver come after this? Yeah, because MacGyver would be, I think, a couple years after this into mm-hmm. the 80s. Well, there's one scene where he's just like whittling what looks like a stick. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, oh, he's just bored killing time. And then it's like he made an entire fence yeah. that like stabs people. In the right. thighs. Yeah. Ugh, it all the, yeah. Just like, come on. And then just to be like the recurring theme from our show, I'm deathly afraid of like mice and rats. Oh, oh the rats. So him yeah. crawling in the, the uh, rats jumping. I'm like, I would yeah. be dead. I would be dead. <laughs> there's every, no way I would be getting out of that cave. Every time I see a rat now in a movie, I just smile because I think <laughs> Kyle must be no, having a fit. <laughs> Me like looking through my fingers like a camera. But watch, living on a this. farm though. I know, like, there's, there's no the rats in Alberta. No, oh, you no see rats. Mice. You see mice all the time. Mice, sure. But they're cute. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're, they're not gross. Cute. We're done here. All right. Well, the machine says that <laughs> we do got it. so serious. She's like, fuck, shut up. No. No mice <laughs> Playtime is over. Yeah. Mice and ins- like rodents and insects like can't. Yeah. Like, just, Don't like them. They're so sneaky. <laughs> Yeah, just stab oh, in the yeah. back. That's how they survive. <laughs> so much like human beings. <laughs> the machine has told us that we do have to wrap things up here, and uh, it is time to go into critics' choice, the mm-hmm. part of the show where we discuss what the please tell me Pauline can't watch this. So she didn't. Come um, on. Here's oh. the thing. I'm going to be upfront with you. I screwed this up. Oh, nice. I just realized that I copy and pasted stuff for Rocky Three next week. Nice. No, you should <laughs> read, it. No, read it. Read it. Read Let's it. read those yeah, reviews. Yeah, let's read it. So I'm doing this on the fly. Um, no, read the Rocky one as a Rambo one. It would be amazing. <laughs> It'll probably it work. Probably works, <laughs> It'll yeah. probably work. It'll probably work. This is uh, the negative review. This is from Rotten Tomatoes by Richard Friedman from the Newhouse News Service. Considerably less thoughtful than, say, coming home on a similar subject, First Blood so what? revels in sadism that its high-minded pretense pretenses are quickly washed away in blood, first, last, and always. I give that review zero stars. I know. I know, I know. <laughs> Remember the one we read last week where we didn't even know what they were trying to say? That's what I'm saying. It was... The words. It like, was so yeah, long. Verbose. And it, it wasn't as succinct as this one, at least... 
he's trying to summarize it in like mm-hmm. 17 words, whatever it was. But yeah, the one you read last week was insane. It was an essay and I still don't remember anything. I have no idea what that person was trying to say, but we assumed it was negative. Well, no, that was a positive one. Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter. This is Roger Ebert's review. Who, who did like the movie, but he had a big problem with the, the very ending. That's where he thinks it kind of goes off the rails. He says, this sort of spectacular conclusion has become so commonplace in action movies that I kind of wonder sometimes what it would be like to see one end with a whimper rather than a bang. Until the last 20 or 30 minutes, First Blood is a very good movie. Well paced and well acted, and not only by Stallone, who invests an unlikely character with great authority, but also by Krenna and Brian Dennehy as the police chief. The best scenes come as Stallone's on the run in the forest, using a hunting knife with a compass in the handle and living off the land. At one point, he's trapped on a cliffside by a police helicopter, and we really feel for his character, who has been hunted down through no real fault of his own. We feel more deeply for him then, in fact, than we do later when he puts his grievances into words. Stallone creates the character and sells the situation with his presence itself. The screenplay should have stopped while it was ahead. Do you think that's why all his movies end with a bang now? Maybe. Maybe he read this review and was like, <laughs> well, it has to explode. He does read reviews like he's ta- he talks about it like he's obsessed with the reviews and he's like i'll get them one of these days <laughs> actually the, the biggest thing uh did you through like covid and stuff like that do you know that he recut rocky four mm-hmm. i still haven't seen it yeah he there's literally like this full like like 90 minute documentary you can watch on youtube I, of him yeah. just going in the editing <laughs> studio and like cutting it together uh, and honestly there's only two minutes cut out of the final product <laughs> at the end of it which i also find super fascinating but now i want to watch what this new cut would be like have you seen it no, no, I, I want to sit well down and watch reviewed. it. It is like people really like it. it it's interesting watching Stallone in that in that case because like he's always so thoughtful and introspective, and yet his persona, of course, on film is like very not that necessarily. So two different two different styles. Even in nineties, that was his reputation. Mm-hmm. Like people growing up knew that he was smart because he wrote Rocky. So you know, right. he's yeah. not a muscle head. Yeah, I mean, and it's so, a love story, right? Like that's part yeah. of the. So I never that knew that until I watched Rambo. I yeah. was like, oh, he's just a muscle head. Like, yeah, exactly. Because Arnold Schwarzenegger, even though he was like a politician, was kind yeah. of just like a no. Muscle. He made his first million bucks before he became an actor. But but, what? but he's yeah. a businessman, right? I think yeah. there is a difference between businessman versus like artist. Well, I'm just Stallone. saying. Like, well, he's now all, I'm gonna go into yeah, deep dive of Arnold's amazing. life. He's yeah. much more intelligent person than people give him credit for because. He also leaned into movie characters that would make him a billion dollars. Yeah, true. He's like, you want this? I'll give you a kindergarten cop. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Because it's going to make me money. How about Jean-Claude Van Damme? He's the one we can shit on. Have you seen JCVD? I have. I actually really like so, that movie. So his, do you like Jean-Claude Van Damme? I don't like him, but... He's not in good movies. None of his movies hold up. He, I, I watched like a new one that he was in recently and it was uh, yeah, terrible. He, and his plaque surgery is not great. But he did a sort of... Pseudo biopic called JCVD. Mm. So he does half in a fourth wall break where he's telling you about his life story, half action film. <laughs> but in that, you garner a lot of empathy for him. And he's yeah. also much, I mean, we're human beings. He's more intelligent than he comes off because the films that he made, he had to do the splits yeah. in every film. Okay. okay. I'm not really sure. How about, how about Steven Seagal? Steven Seagal is an insane person. Yeah. So he's literally sort <laughs> of He made a movie insane. with floppy hands. Like his whole career is like not. Floppy hands? That's his Aikido. Is, if you watch all his action films, his his uh, grappling, his hands are always loose. So but every they're time not he, supposed to be. Or no, are they supposed to be? His style of his martial arts. Oh. So like if someone attacks him, he does this thing where he'll essentially slap their hands away and then like slap them in the face and then they'll die. 
So that's like, if you watch all Marked for Death, uh, I've watched, I used to watch all the Seagal movies growing up too. Jackie Chan's also like another action star who's like a genius. Jackie Chan is a genius. Yeah. He's, uh, we talked about him two weeks uh, ago. What movie? Uh, Dragon Dragon Lord, one of the ones no one talks Mm. about. It's fucking terrible. It's fine. Terrible. It's fine. But he's but he's amazing. I wanted to see him in Expendables, and I was like, why isn't he in it? Because him and Sly are like really good friends. And then I guess he's same thing. Like The Rock, he's like, I don't do group stuff. Like let's just make a movie, just you and me. I can see that the ego is getting in the way for all that kind of stuff. Uh, By the way, before I forget, the floppy hands. Have you seen everything everywhere all at once? That's why I was like, yeah, exactly. That's what I was envisioning. Well, imagine that, except they were doing it seriously, (laughs) and he's wearing a bandana, and like, but. My favorite Steven Seagal movie is Executive Decision because he, he dies. Directed? No, no, he dies in the first. Oh, it's a Kurt Russell movie, but he shows up. Uh, no, yeah, Kurt Russell, but he shows up as a leader of a SEAL team because that's the one where the I think it's a president that's trapped on a plane and uh, Kurt Russell has to uh, uh, save him. Oh, but. Kurt Russell's an analyst, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, they're flying him up, and Steven Seagal appears as the leader of the SEAL team. You're like, oh shit. Like, it's going to ruin the movie, and he, like, dies immediately. Okay. And you're like, yes! Yay! If you don't move on, you'll only be watching movies from Steven Seagal. I just, like, exit wounds because it was filmed in Calgary, and oh. they used the Center Street DMX? Bridge. As, like, oh, I remember that, yeah. yeah. Uh, with DMX, yeah. DMX? But it's like, it, we're in New York City, I'm like, you are absolutely not in New York City. Wow. <laughs> like, that's Toronto's, obviously yeah, not. Toronto's a pantomime from New York a lot, too. Um, there's a question we ask every week, which is, does this film hold up, and is it still culturally relevant? So, Alice, what do you think? One million percent. Ooh, that's a lot. Of, yeah, it's yes, yes. Yeah, yes, I'm, yes. I'm a yes, yes and yes, yes, too. I think we're all agreed on this one. Is it, uh, I think it, it yeah, should be screened. Screen. People should still watch we this film. We should do a Rambo screening. Yeah, we'll do all five of them back to back to no, back to no, back. No, no, yes. no, no, yes. no, no, no. <laughs> nothing but popcorn and soda all day long. You know, you know, if we want to do this, if we want to do this, Rocky Rambo. Rocky, like Rocky versus Rocky Rambo? Rocky won First Blood. That would be a great double feature. Okay. I think people would be shocked because that's good storytelling. And then do great Last Stallone. Rambo, Last Rocky. Then you could Rocky do, are there five of each? Uh, Six of, of Rocky, technically. Rocky's still going. I mean, technically Creed is still Rocky. I mean, Rambo could honestly Keep come going. back. Like, you never know. He didn't die. And, <laughs> it's in a senior song yeah. and these terrorists come in. He yeah. gets out of the bed and murders all of you them. You have to watch Rambo 5. The <laughs> stuff that he has cr- crafted is insane. Oh, okay. Well, I look forward to that. So Sadistic. We do need to rate this film. But before we do, that is what Dave and I thought. What do you think? You can send any feedback to Kyle and Dave at VSTheMachine at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter or Instagram with the handle KDVSTM. We also release a video every week on mm. our YouTube channel when Dave gets his time. When, yeah, when he yeah, feels like when it. he feels like <laughs> it. I, I'm, I'm very busy. Well, you're something. I fell asleep you, today. On my face, <laughs> I was telling Kyle. <laughs> I just envisioned like you waking up and just been, like pee 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 on your on your uh, keyboard. Um, if you want to see the entire list of films that we've watched and the ratings that we've given, you can go to our Letterboxd page. It's letterboxcom kdvstm. And if you want to support us monetarily so that we can continue doing this podcast and not usher in the next apocalypse, you can go to our Patreon page. There is a link in the show notes of this episode. You can support for as low as a dollar per month. Something that you can do for absolutely free is to leave. A rating and review on whatever app you use for podcasts. Alice, this is always the uh, awkward thing when we have guests because your vote doesn't necessarily count. <laughs> but if you were to give this a rating, what rating would you give to First Blood? What is the rating scale? Uh, uh, one, zero through five, you can give to it. I would give it five. Five stars. Okay, perfect score. Dave, what are you going to give First mm. Blood? 
Yeah, emotionally, it's five. I so I'm gonna say five too. Kyle yeah. gets upset because I use fives and ones. Yeah, that's basically just two ratings. Yeah, yeah, I would probably. Yeah, I'm like fives or twos. I think. <laughs> okay, well, I'm. And then I'm, he's like, "You're not leaving enough room for the good films." I'm like, yeah. "That's the whole point." It's this is uh, too far apart. This actually does not happen very often, where Dave rates a movie higher than I do. Yeah. <gasps> so, uh, I'm giving it a solid four. I think this movie's great. Flat four. A twist, just a twist. like I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I always look at this and now also we'll fight in to like the, death. the. I also look at this as like the entire. I don't know, like a career of Stallone. I, I, maybe I'm just more of a Rocky fan. I just think yeah, right, that was a little bit yeah, higher. That's but. true. Maybe if I watch Rocky, I'm going to come back to it and be like, mm. Mm. but it's still, so, I would always watch this. If anyone was up for watching this, They're I'd be up for watching this. Fundamentally different right. tones, but I, I love both. I, I, I haven't seen Rocky in two or three years, but I'll give Rocky a five. I'll preemptively give it a five and I'll also give this a five. So you need mm -hmm. to watch Rocky. Yeah. Although it doesn't stream anywhere because of, MGM or whoever. Yeah. Well, really? I mean, Amazon just bought MGM, so it'll probably be on Prime at some point. I keep so. waiting, but I'm not getting it's not any content. On Prime? No, not yet. you have to buy it. I'm thinking of buying the Balboa series. I do the bucks, YouTube rent thing oh, a lot, yeah, yeah. just because it's easy. Yeah, it's super easy. And I can on, Google Chromecast. Yeah, you should check it on Apple is on sale to rent it, but I just love it so much. I'm yeah. thinking about buying it. But uh, you should watch it. Well, this is fascinating because it actually doesn't tie with anything. Oh. Uh, so it's going to fit right into a slot. It is going to enter into our new number three Ooh. position for Whoa. 1982. What's above it? So it's right above. So right above it is Das Boot. Ah, and then yeah. right below it is Victor Victoria. It's a very interesting top five. Oh, yeah, das Boot ever. came out this year. Have you seen Das Boot? No. It's on Netflix. It's das a three-hour German film about a submarine. It's amazing. You want a twist and you want some action... And drama. Okay. Human. You're really building this up really well, Dave. Okay, so we should probably find out what we're watching here next week. I'm just going to push this button here. We're going to stick in the Stallone camp. We're going to watch Rocky 3 next week. Jealous. So, yeah, Rocky 3 is next week. Clubber Lang, Mr. T. We get to talk about Mr. T, which is all great. Uh, Alice, how long do you think you could survive in the woods if you were dropped into the middle of them? Honestly, based on Will alone, like I would say three or four days. But oh, then wow. okay, okay. I don't know if I could... I guess if it came to, down to it, I could kill a pig, but I don't know. Oh. Dave, how many pigs could you kill? Uh, I, I would not be squeamish about it, but physically, I don't think I would actually be able to pull it off. Did I, I tell you my I'd pig story? I'd be dead in two hours. I, I told you my pig story of my friend that went to Cuba. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's not great. You, would you like to hear this terrible what pig story? Okay, you're going to tell the pig story, but I'm going to push stop on the recording because okay, I'm not well, going to put it in. Uh, fine. <laughs> We can all agree the Vietnam War was the best war, right?